For our scripture reading this evening, let's turn to Psalm 3. Psalm 3. Anticipating instruction about our only comfort in life and in death, let's read the word of the Lord. Psalm 3, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept, I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant word. May God add his blessing upon the reading of his holy scriptures. It's on the basis of Psalm 3 and many other passages of the word of God that we find the instruction of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 1. Question one, what is thy only comfort in life and death? That I, with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who, with his precious blood, hath fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Yea, that all things must be subservient to my salvation, and therefore, by His Holy Spirit, He also assures me of eternal life, and makes me sincerely willing and ready, henceforth, to live unto Him. How many things are necessary for thee to know that thou, enjoying this comfort, mayest live and die happily? Three. The first, how great my sins and miseries are. The second, how I may be delivered from all my sins and miseries. The third, how I shall express my gratitude to God for such deliverance.
Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is an aspect of the truth of Lord's Day 1 that can be very hard for you and for me to receive and to have applied unto our lives. Overall, Lord's Day 1 is a Lord's Day that is easy for us to receive, for it is one that speaks of the comfort that we have in belonging unto Jesus Christ. It's a Lord's Day memorized by many, if not most, of the members of the congregation. It's a Lord's Day that oftentimes is recited at the deathbed of a saint who is nearing the end of his journey on this earth. And yet recognizing that Lord's Day 1 is a familiar and a beloved Lord's Day to us, there is an aspect of this Lord's Day that can be difficult for you and for me to receive and have applied to our lives. And the difficulty is this, the exclusive nature of the comfort that we receive from God. The Catechism speaks of how exclusive this comfort is. It does so with the word only. What is thy only comfort in life and in death? And that's the difficulty. To recognize and to believe that this is my only comfort in life and in death. For the inclination that you have is to let this comfort be your chief comfort to be your greatest comfort after many other comforts or in addition to many other comforts. Perhaps with regard to death, we can more readily acknowledge that this is our only comfort. When the individual is dying and the individual has no other hope upon this earth, then for that individual it comes more easily to say that my only comfort in death is that I belong unto Jesus Christ. But can we say the same thing in life? That my only comfort to the exclusion of any other comfort that can be found is that I belong to Jesus Christ. Can the 16-year-old teenager say that my only comfort is that I belong to Jesus? You see, it's our, our desire to want to add other things. My comfort is that I belong to Jesus and that my children are God-fearing. 
My comfort is that I belong to Jesus and that I have physical health and physical strength. My comfort is that I belong to Jesus and I have a lovely spouse and a nice home to live in and a retirement account. The Catechism speaks here of an exclusive comfort. My only comfort. And that's the hard part. To have your and my only comfort be in Jesus Christ. May God grant us grace this evening as we consider this Lord's Day that we might be able not just to confess that He is our only comfort, but to live that He is as that He is our only comfort. My comfort in Christ. First, I belong. Second, I am preserved. And third, I am assured. The opening words of this historic confession are this, that I with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. That I belong unto Jesus Christ means that I am the property of someone else. That I belong unto Jesus Christ means that Jesus is the Master and that I am the slave. That I am not my own, but belong unto Jesus Christ means that I do not have the ultimate prerogative to determine what I will or will not do with my life, for I belong unto someone else who rules over me. I belong unto Him in every sense of the Word. That I belong unto Him means that He is my Lord, and that He has the right to claim me as His own. That I belong unto Jesus Christ means that Jesus is responsible for me. And that Jesus Christ must give an account of how He rules over me. That I belong unto Jesus Christ means that Jesus has the right to tell me how I must live. I belong in life and in death unto Jesus Christ. What confidence is given unto me knowing that I belong unto Jesus Christ. We've been considering the heroes of faith of Hebrews chapter 11. And there we see example after example of what children of God have done in the confidence of knowing that they belong. Noah, in the face of opposition from the whole rest of the earth, when they mocked him and when they taunted him, Noah understood that he belonged unto God. And by faith was knit unto God, and so by faith Noah built the ark. Abraham, 
when Abraham was called to go out into that country that he should after receive for an inheritance. When Abraham was otherwise alone upon this earth, yet what confidence Abraham had in the knowledge that he belonged. David, knowing that he belonged unto the Good Shepherd, picked up the five smooth stones and faced the giant. What confidence we have in knowing that I belong. This is your and my comfort that I belong unto Jesus Christ. My comfort is not that there is peace upon this earth. My comfort is not the absence of conflict, the absence of trials and uncertainties upon this earth. But my comfort is that I belong. We do not always so keenly experience this reality, do we not? At times we know it to be true objectively that I belong unto Jesus Christ, and yes, I know that there is this unbreakable bond with Jesus Christ, and yet sometimes in my heart and in my soul I do not feel or experience so much that I belong unto Jesus Christ. Especially when I fall into sin into besetting sins and continue in that sinfulness, then my conscience accuses me that I do not belong unto Jesus Christ. Then my conscience testifies that I had better start doing good works in order that I might be worthy of belonging unto Jesus Christ. The reality is for the child of God, God, that there are times where the children can doubt whether they belong unto Jesus Christ. And the more we know of Jesus Christ, and the more we see the holiness of Jesus Christ, then the more we come to see how unworthy we are of belonging unto Jesus Christ. You understand, do you not, the audacity of this claim? To say that I belong unto Jesus Christ? For who is Jesus but the eternally begotten Son of God? The One who is the express image of the Father. The One who is the Word by whom the heavens and the earth were created. The One who though He was equal with God, condescended into this world in order to redeem His people unto Himself. The One who loves His children with an everlasting and perfect love. And who is to be bold enough to claim then that I belong unto this person, Jesus Christ. We'd be tentative, slow to claim that we belong with a group that we know far outclasses us. 
happens in school. Students understand this, especially in high school. There are certain groups where this type of people fit in, maybe the more athletic people. This type of group, this group of people where different sort of people fit in, maybe the more academically inclined people fit in. And even the high school students understand that if you don't fit in in that group, then who are you to dare to claim that I belong? That I'm part of that group? But now here we are claiming that we belong. We fit in with Jesus Christ. How is that possible? To say that I belong to Christ. It cannot be because of ourselves. You understand full well the reality that sin separates from God. The psalmist, not in this psalm, but a couple of psalms later, speaks of that very truth. Psalm 5, the fourth verse, For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. You know that because of sin, there is this inseparable gulf between God and the creature. And you know full well that the one responsible for that sin is you and me. We with Adam partook of the forbidden fruit. And we then are the ones who are responsible for alienating ourselves from the covenant of God. And then you know full well, do you not, beloved, what is the effect of the fall into sin? That because of sin there is this curse that has come upon this earth. There's brokenness and there's crookedness here below. And how cruel then is this earth to those who walk upon it. It's not just that death is cruel, but life is cruel. And the more time that you spend walking here on this pilgrimage below, the more keenly you feel and experience the extent of the curse upon this creation. Thorns and thistles, tears and blood characterize the pilgrimage of the child of God here below. And so how then, we repeat the question, is it possible for me to be able to say that I belong unto Jesus Christ. At times it feels, as the psalmist said in Psalm 3, that ten thousands have set themselves against me, and that these ten thousands have driven me away from my confidence in God. At times it feels that I'm alone on the proverbial island of this life. At times it feels as if the trials and the tribulations of this life beat against me relentlessly and there is no hope and no comfort. How can I say that I 
the law. It's only because of the unconditional love of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. How do I belong? Because God wanted you. And God wants you. He wanted you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. That's the catechism here. I belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with His precious blood hath fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil. He wanted you and He wants you not because there is anything in you that would separate you from the rest of the world. But He wanted you and He wants you because of His unchanging decree of election. Wherein He chose certain people to be His children. And Jesus Christ then, in time, came into this world and bought you. That's how much He wanted you. I belong to Him, and belonging to Him now, I cannot be separated from Him. There's a union that's been established between Jesus Christ and with us. I belong unto Him, and we must understand this carefully, that I belong unto Him. We do not belong unto Jesus Christ in the same sense in which you Claim ownership of the things of this earth. A child might claim something as his own. And a child can cling tenaciously to that toy. And the child loves that toy. And the child is willing to fight for that toy and say, this toy is mine. And the child will even grieve if you forcefully remove that toy from the child. And yet even that fails to illustrate what is the relationship that Jesus Christ has with you. It is not the case that Jesus Christ clings tenaciously to you and that Jesus Christ holds with all of His might onto you hoping that nobody stronger than Him will come along and take you away from Him. It's not the case that Jesus Christ will be left grieving if somebody were to come and snatch you from out of His clutch. No, that is not the figure that the Scriptures use of us belonging unto Him. How is it that we belong to Jesus? The illustration of the Bible is that of a body. He is the head and you are the members of the body. That's how it is that you belong to Him. So real is that relationship between Jesus who is the head and you who are the body that if it were possible for you to be taken away from Jesus Christ, He would no longer be 
Christ. It would be to unchrist Christ to have the members of the body be stripped away from him. It cannot happen, for he is your Lord and your Savior. And he preserves you. We confess this truth as well in the Catechism. The middle part of the answer is delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. How comforting to know that the one to whom we belong is also the one who preserves us. If the one who, to whom we belong were an impotent individual, if you were weak standing against the ten thousands who set themselves against us, then there would be no comfort in knowing that I belong unto Him. But my comfort is knowing not just that I belong unto Him, but knowing that He is sovereign over my belonging unto Him. He preserves me so that not even a hair can fall down from my head. What unspeakable consolation this brings to the child of God as he goes through the trials of this life. There is no accident in this life. There is nothing that happens outside of the Father's determinative counsel and will. And so when there is the diagnosis of a disease, perhaps even a terminal illness, when there is division, a rending apart, when there is strife and affliction, all of these come according to the will of the One who preserves me. But it's not just generally that the Son of God preserves and and governs over all things in this life, but it's also more specifically this, beloved. He preserves you in your salvation. He preserves you in that relationship that He has established with you. It's not just that He laid down His life for you at the cross. It's not just that He has taken you and He has grafted you into the living vine so that you are in a living union with Him. But it's also this, beloved, that He maintains you in that relationship with Him. I belong unto Jesus Christ today and I will belong unto Jesus Christ tomorrow and for the rest of my life. That's my comfort in life and in death, that always I will belong unto Jesus Christ. And so we need not then have the fear or the worry that I might possibly commit a sin so grievous, an offense so great, that Jesus Christ is going to be so upset with me that He casts me away and wants nothing to do with me anymore. 
No, I belong to Him and He preserves me in that relationship with Him. Unconditional love. So great is His sovereign control over all things that even evil is subservient to my salvation. That too we confess. Yea, that all things must be subservient to my salvation. How far removed is the teaching of the catechism from setting forth dualism? Dualism, the idea that there are two great powers, the one good and the other evil. Dualism, the hope that someday the power that is good is going to win out over the power that is evil. And so you grit your teeth and bear up under it now, under afflictions and trials with the hope that someday the good is going to win out over the evil. How far removed is the teaching of the Heidelberg Catechism from setting forth the notion of dualism. But instead, the Heidelberg Catechism teaches and we confess that even is evil is the servant. It's subservient to that which is good. It does not mean that God removes all of the trials and hardships from out of our lives. It does not mean that the ten thousands of enemies no longer face us and confront us. No, as we go through this earthly pilgrimage, we still have many afflictions and trials. But this is my comfort that all things, including the evils that we daily face upon this earth, are subservient to my salvation. Even that final enemy of death is subservient to my salvation. Jesus Christ has so conquered death that it has been transformed into the passageway by which we are delivered from off of this earth and brought into the joys of heaven. That's my comfort that in life and death, I belong to Jesus. The assurance of this is given unto us by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, by His Holy Spirit, He also assures me of eternal life. He, the Holy Spirit, who is the breath of God, who proceeds forth from God, and who performs the invisible work of God upon this earth. The Spirit enters into you and into me. And the Spirit is the one who, according to Psalm 3, verse 3, is the lifter up of my head. The Spirit is the One who gives unto us strength. 
when of ourselves we are weak. The Spirit, who proceeds not just from the Father, but who proceeds also from the Son. The Catechism says that the Spirit is His Spirit, and therefore by His, speaking of Christ, by Christ's Spirit, He also assures me of eternal life. And so the Spirit, as He proceeds not just from the Father, but also from the Son, goes forth and He directs the attention of God's people back unto the Son. He directs our attention not unto ourselves and unto our own works, as if we could be propped up on the basis of what we have done, and that that would provide us comfort and assurance. No, the Spirit speaks not of Himself, but He speaks of the One who sent Him, Jesus Christ. The One who has smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. The One who has broken the teeth of the ungodly the One who has redeemed us, body and soul. He assures us even now. We need not have to wait until God takes us off of this earth to know that we belong unto Jesus Christ. God is not pleased to have us living our whole life in doubt, wondering whether we will be condemned in the judgment day or whether we will be given entrance into the pearly gates. But even now, the Holy Spirit of Christ assures us, I will not be afraid, the psalmist said, of ten thousands of people that have set themselves round about me. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee that we are buried with Jesus Christ in baptism and that therefore we are risen with Him through faith by Thy operation. Wilt Thou, Father, fill us with the Spirit of Jesus Christ that we might be comforted. May we know that whatever trials come to us in this earthly veil of tears, that Thou art with us, and that by Thy Spirit and Thy Word Thou art in us. Send us home with Thy blessing and strengthen us for the week that lies ahead. Receive our worship for Jesus' sake. Amen.